On today's podcast from the North Walhalla Church of God, we have the second message in the series, No Man Ever Spoke Like This Man. Today's message is from Sunday morning, March 18, 2018. Now here's your speaker, Pastor Neil Nolan. For this series, because John 4 is preached by all ministers, because of the relevance of the scripture and the easy application of every believer. Every preacher that has preached has preached John 4. However, today I want to go back and preach his words as we focus this new series, Never Did a Man Speak Like This. We we'll walk you all the way through Easter and beyond, looking at the words of our Savior, like John 15. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Look at how Jesus told one, let the dead bury the dead. Let the dead bury the dead. Look, look at the Beatitudes and so on as we look at his words and how powerful they are to us when they are applied. So today, John 4, verse 5. Verse 5, we'll pick up. Somebody say amen. 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 Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sinkar near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son, Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, watch, his, watch the humanity side of Christ, which is in not opposition, but equal to, but amazing from last week when he said, out of your bellies shall flow rivers of living water because of me. Now John tells us, the same writer says, but his body is now wearied from his journey sat there thus on the well, it was about the sixth hour. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith to her, give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away, sent away to the city to buy food, to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, how is it that thou being a Jew ask of drink of me, which I am a woman first of all, and then I'm of Samaria. For the Jews have no dealings with us Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, if you knew the gift of God, two things, if you knew the gift of God, and who is it that says to you, give me drink, you would have asked him, and he would have gave you living water. The man who's asking for water is now telling this woman married five times, I'm able to give you living water. She's mesmerized. I would have been too, verse 11. The woman said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw with. This 60 foot well is deep. Where then do you get this running or living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us this well and drank from himself as well as his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered and said, whosoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whosoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. I could preach a little bit how he lives, leaves in the pronoun him showing for all humanity, but we will not do that this morning. But the water that I shall give him, speaking to a woman though, will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. We'll stop there. There's so much truth in this that I'm gonna do my best to not preach this in as an evangelist, but in a pastoral way to stay in the context of the series. Because if the Neil man in me starts preaching this, I'll be running all over this building and still may do that. But if, but if the pastoral side of me to, to execute the word properly, to show you how powerful his words are, I believe that somebody here in, the, in here this morning is gonna be sitting on a well and the Savior is gonna walk by or be there before you get there 
and he's going to change your life because this is your time and this is your moment. And you're going to realize that all the other men and women have spoke to you in all kinds of ways, but never has a man spoke to you like this. Amen? Never did a man speak like this. The nail which this whole series hangs upon is when the guards, sent, when guards were sent out to go arrest the Savior. Here he can preach in John chapter 7. They did not arrest him, but he arrested them by his words. They come back empty-handed and are now asked, where is this Jesus? We set him up for you. It would have been very easy for you to capture him because he was right there. Only thing you had to do was do your job. And they look at them and say, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what happened. I, I know we're trained. I know we were trained for the moment, but something happened. And the only thing I can tell you as he spoke, something in me said, it is the truth. And I realized I had never heard words like this. Now today, the second part is John chapter four. I want to examine this using that as my backdrop and look at the words of our Savior and how powerful that in one conversation, he can not only speak to an individual person and speak on her present issues, but in the same conversation, speak to a religious system and to religious wrongs that dated back throughout human history. In one conversation, our Savior can do more than I can in all my eternity. You understand what I'm saying? In one conversation, he can speak to a woman's brokenness and also to broken religion at the same time and fix both if man would let him do it. Powerful is the words of our Savior. At first, there are three things quickly that he speaks to, or I should highlight that he can speak to. First, there was a controversy. The controversy was this in John 3 and John 4, Pastor Wade. There was a controversy in the church about, or I should say in the religious world, about who was baptizing who. Later on, Paul would talk to the Corinthian church and say it really doesn't matter who's baptizing who because we're all been baptized up under the blood of Jesus Christ. Some said Anthony baptized me. Some said Joey baptized me. And some said Russell baptized me. And they were dividing the church. Paul said it really doesn't matter who's baptizing you. It's just the fact that you were baptized, showing outwardly what God has already done inwardly. When Jesus begins to do this, what amazes me is that he does not argue with them. He simply leaves. It's amazing because he does not get into issues that do not matter. Brother Nolan, I believe in immersion. I do too. Some of us really need it. Some of us, one parent told me yesterday, when you baptize my child next, I want you to hold them up under so long that you see at least one or two bubbles. <laughs> I'll, do, I'll do my best to serve you the best way I can. Amen. But the controversy is that we begin to, to argue. I, and I'll tell you, the church of God, we believe in immersion, but I've also sprinkled before because when somebody's dying on their deathbed, you really don't have time to play church semantics. It's hard to get a person who can't move on a deathbed in a nursing home and put them and immerse them in water and so they're baptized in our natural way. Sometimes it's just symbolic where you sprinkle the water and say, you know what, you understand, I understand, and praise God, he understands. And so the Lord was realizing that I'm not here to split religious hairs with you. I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. He was saying, I am not here to split religious hairs. I'm not gonna let you put me in a back corner and divide up my words about whether or not how I baptize, who baptized, and if they baptized, and why my, my disciples are not baptizing as many as John's disciples. But I'm not even gonna bother with that. I'm simply gonna get away. I'm gonna leave you to your conversation. I wonder how many times has God left the church to her conversations? 
Yes. We've been having conferences after conferences and situations after situations here in America. If the church would have done her job, we would advance the civil rights movement a thousand years if the church would have been the church. You can like it or not. If the church would have been the church, we were hypocritical at times at best. We told them about red, yellow, and black and white, made our children sing it, and sent money to a mission field as long as the mission field was not in little Johnny Sunday School's class. Jesus simply leaves. He says, I'm, I'll leave you to this because I got something to do. Secondly, not only does he leave them to the controversy, he takes a, a, a persistent and direct route. Some up here say route, we say route where I'm from. Because understanding that the highway said to get, to get to, from Judea down and to get to the next place and to go to, from Judea to Galilee, I should say, there's, there's a way to go and it, it's a longer way. It, it's not the closest way. You understand? When we have to go to Greenville, I've done made up my mind. I'm gonna to go to Clemson, and then I'm gonna to go to Torch Anderson, and I'm gonna take the interstate. I know it's probably longer, but right there by Duke Power, if you get behind somebody, it's over. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You can pray, you can fast, you can call God now, but somebody's gotta pull over, you understand what I'm saying? And when Sister Nola's riding with me, I don't wanna see her get in the flesh, so I just rather, I'll just go to Anderson, you understand? It's not the closest route that was mattered here because the church did not want to go the right way because the right way to them was the wrong way because the wrong way did not equal up to their ideology. And to protect their ideology and their idols, they had to go a different way. And it was a trouble way. It was a longer way. It was a hot way. It was a rocky way. But it was a, to them a self-righteous way. See, don't you understand when you go the self-righteous way, it always causes more trouble and more difficulty? Come on, somebody, just two people help me preach today. I'm really not preaching on this. I'm trying to walk you to his words, but to get you to the words that have meaning, I've got to walk you down. And understanding, they didn't want to go the closest way because the closest way took them to the wrong side of the tracks. And they did not want to go to the wrong side of the tracks because there was a group of people that had a little bit of Jehovah God and a lot of something else, and they were wrong, had a lot of something else, but the Pharisees were wrong as well. Are you listening? The old preacher said, two wrongs don't make a right. Or maybe that was an army song, I don't know, are you listening? But nevertheless, they're standing there and they're saying, I'm not going there because if I go there, I've gotta deal with people that I don't wanna deal with. So I will stay right in my self-righteousness and I will go the long way around, but not the Jesus. Jesus leaves the controversy and he makes a straight beeline. He's going right to a place to sit on a well side. Some say 60 miles journey. Nevertheless, I know it's a long way because our Savior is tired. So the route that he takes is one that we should have took or they should have took. But Jesus says, I'm not going to bypass these people. In fact, I've got an appointment to keep. I've got a glorious grace to dispense and I've got to have a conversation with a woman who's not ready to have a conversation, who's not gonna think anybody else is gonna have a conversation not long as it's daylight. But if it's nighttime, many of them have a conversation with her. But none of them wanna have a conversation with her in the daylight. But the Lord says, I gotta have a conversation with her not to bring shame to her name anymore, but one to take off condemnation from her name. Oh, I wish I had somebody listening this morning. Thirdly, to set this up, 
Not only did he see the controversy and the route he took, but there was a stopping point. The stopping point is where Jacob's well sits. It's right between two mountains. Two mountains where they would, relieve, they would read the religious law. On one mountain, they would read the blessings of the Mosaic law. On the other mountain, they would read the curses of the Mosaic law. And sitting right in between them is this place, about a mile and a half, and there's a well right there. A well that's not any's well, but it's Jacob's well. And at the right time, the Bible says, about the sixth hour, there comes this lady. Now the Jewish time for that is 12 o'clock. But keeping up with John's Roman time, as he walks through scripture, we think probably it's six o'clock in the afternoon. Nevertheless, it really doesn't matter. It's just the fact that our Savior sits down and he says these words that just joy just takes me somewhere. He says, I'm weary and I'm thirsty. I preached to you last week. I told you about the words of our Savior and that the words the guards heard was this, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. And now, Pastor Wade, the one who gives the rivers of living water, who calls the guards to be captivated by his words, is now traveled and weary and sitting on a wellside telling somebody else, I need something to drink. The water of all waters is now reaching out to a woman with five husbands. The water, the river of life, the one who spoke this world into existence and said to the Atlantic, you stay there. And to the Pacific, you stay there. And to the rivers in Oconee. And now he tells them to stay where? And they stay by his spoken word. Is now looking at a woman that is living with a man and he tells her, I am thirsty. Is anybody listening this morning? It is the beautiful picture of our Lord's humanity. From verses 7 to 26 in the next 15 minutes, our Lord engages and initiates a conversation that I want to speak to. First of all, in verses 7 and 8, he says to her, give me drink. He sends the disciples away. And now he's there alone with this woman who has this reputation. The good news about our Savior, that when he speaks to us, it's never to embarrass us. Open sin is never to embarrass you. If God reveals your sin openly, it's because you've already refused him privately. Are you listening? My sin, your sin. If God reveals it openly, either you committed it openly. You know how we, when we used to commit sin as teenagers, we didn't tell nobody. Now they, and then they get mad because somebody's gossiping about them at the church. Are you kidding me? You just put it on Facebook for everybody to see and then have the audacity to say to the church, don't talk about me. Sweetie by honey bun, can I tell you, you just put it for 10 million people to see. Well, I just intended for my little boo boyfriend. Well, you should have called him on the phone. Get you a rotary phone and nobody will see what you're doing. Hello? <laughs> Cause more trouble in the church out of foolishness when we don't think. <laughs> He gets her there alone because there are two barriers that must be, must be put to death. There are two barriers there. Our Savior gets her there alone just like he did with you and just like he did with me. Our Savior gets us alone because it's in the long times with our Savior that our lives are transformed. My God didn't embarrass me in my sin. God, my God took me from my sin. My God didn't hold me up in front of everybody like the religious church who caught the lady in the act of adultery and she was naked before them and they saw nothing wrong with that but they just want to exploit her after they 
Messiah have already exploited her and make her a mockery to trap the Savior. But what they didn't know, Jacob's well is deep and the blood of Emmanuel's veins will not run dry. And when God saves us, he takes away the condemnation that's put on us. He gets you alone to minister to you. It's not out of embarrassment, church. It's because he loves you. There's no sin too deep. Homosexuality is no disgrace for our Lord. He can handle that. The church can at times because we don't know how to because it's new to some of us. But to be honest, it's really not that new to some of us. Are you listening? What about adultery? What about this? What about that? What about that? It's not a problem for our Lord because Calvary is sufficient for all sin. So now he has that lady alone. He says, give me something to drink. I would have said, give me a Diet Coke. But he says to her, give me some water. First of all, why are you talking to me? You're a Jew. You're a rabbi. You know that rabbis do not speak to women, not even their wives or sisters, in public. Because ladies, you want to talk about how far we come? They didn't believe a woman had the intellect to speak to a religious thing that would have any worth of value. Now, don't get me wrong. The Acts Church changed that, and I got you back. I'm talking about this right here in Scripture. Because our Lord is not afraid of barriers that we tap dance around. Because he sends the disciples away because somebody would have said, this is not clean, Savior. This is not clean, Jesus. So he gets her alone and says, I got you. Why are you speaking to me? Secondly, not only because he's a rabbi, she's a Samaritan. She is one that believes in the first five books of the Old Testament mixed in with all kind of other things. And she now is looking at him thinking, why is this rabbi speaking to me? Verse 10, Jesus answered and said, if you knew the gift of God and who said to you, give me drink, you would have asked him and he would have gave you living water. That amazes me. If I would have been her, I would have said something like this. I don't understand. You just asked me for a cup of water and now you're telling me if I knew about some gift you have, if I take this gift, then I'm gonna have living water for the rest of my life. I don't understand. Let me tell you, you don't have to understand everything this morning. But if you feel the convicting power of the Holy Spirit, if he shows you your sin and the error of your ways, there's no rocks in the hands of North Walhalla Church of God. We say to whosoever, you might not know it all right now, but you come and touch Jesus one time and he'll take you on a journey to reach your destiny that'll turn your life around and make something great out of your life. The gift is really about the Holy Spirit because the one who is thirsty, it will now give living water. And after the living water has come, now we will have water continually because the Holy Ghost will not just be on us, but in us. That way on Tuesday at eight o'clock on your job, when your boss man comes in and says something negative to you, you can shut up your prayer closet and go and say, God, I'm thankful that 20 years ago, I would have cussed him out. But now I'm full of the Holy Ghost and I realize this is not my home. I still got joy down deep inside. This job is not my end. This job is just a means to get by. But I thank God that there is still a river on the inside of me that will never ever run out. She says, two questions, two questions. I love what she says. She says, first of all, you've got nothing to draw with. She's saying, you're gonna need a bucket, which takes us to him drinking, but that's a different story. She says to him, if you can tell, I feel it inside. She says, you got nothing to draw with. 
you don't have the means to get to the water. And what he was telling her was this, no, you didn't have the means to get to the water. You have been exiled by religion, but religion has not come to you, but I am has come to you. She says, not only do you not have nothing to draw with, she says, tell me about this running water. That's the best way I can put it. She doesn't understand because, see, the water she would have to go to, she would have to go fetch. And I use the word fetch for a reason. And she couldn't fetch just at any time, use the six o'clock, staying with John's pattern. She would go when nobody else was around because she was not clean enough to go when everybody else was around. So she's got to go fetch water. And she's thinking, now he's gonna give me water that I don't have to fetch. I need to know about this water. What he is saying to her is this, is that the water that I'm gonna give you will always be available to you and will never run dry. Saints, when Friday night, when I was telling a preacher who has cancer that God has special grace, and I hear that man cry in the spirit and tell me that I've preached it, now I gotta live it, and I know God is gonna prevail either way. We didn't have a sob cry. We didn't have this overcry. We didn't have a cry thinking, oh, who's gonna pass through the church? It wasn't one of those cries. It was a cry knowing this, that our God is still God, and our God is still holy. Let me tell you, the woman will leave you after an hour. The man will leave you after a season. The the job will leave you unfulfilled after a while. Your pleasures, your sports, your hunting, your hobbies, your trophies, they look good for a while and then you go chasing something else. But let me tell you about this water. There's a water that the Lord can give you that'll leave you satisfied joy. You've been serving him longer than I have. But for, let me tell you, for the 20 years that I served him, it was good back then, it was good five years ago, and it's still good today. It satisfies, I said it satisfies. It satisfies. I said it satisfies. It satisfies my longings. It gives me sweet assurance. It gives me boldness and confidence to know that if God be for me, then who can be against me? This water is continual and available to all. Come on, somebody, give him praise. Oh, she says to him, are you greater than Jacob? Oh, sweetie, yes, yes, yes. Verse 13 and 14, Joy, just walk with me. She says, are you greater than Jacob? Jesus said, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain, then of the water springing up into everlasting life. She's starting to realize he can't be talking about this dishonesty in this well. See, my wife, she doesn't like just any water. See, when I grew up, we had water out of what we call a spigot. Anybody know about a spigot? And the best water on our farm is one that you've got to do this. You've got to pour water into it first. Where's Sister Romeo? I know she knows what I'm talking about. Here. If you live on a farm, you know what I'm talking about. See, but Jess has got to have Dasani or Aquafina because she can't lower herself to drink that Sam's water. Y'all pray for her, you understand? <laughs> 
But I'm telling you this, something happens to this lady. She finally starting to get something. She doesn't have it all yet, but she's realizing he's not talking about this water. He's talking about something else. And he's telling me not only will I not have to go get it, it's going to be always with me. It's going to always be available to me. And not only is it going to give me everlasting life, but refreshing life, invigorating life, exciting life, life that has qualities of love, joy, and peace. I want this water. Listen to me. I don't have to get drunk on Friday night. Listen, I'm not going to argue with anybody else anymore. It's your business. It's your business, okay? I've been asked all kind of crazy things to do lately. But I just want to share my thoughts on this. Like Paul said when he said, be not drunk with wine, where it says, but be filled ye with the Spirit. He was saying this, don't settle for a cheap substitute when you can have the real thing. I've been drunk in the flesh and I've been drunk in the Holy Ghost. I'll take the Holy Ghost. I'm, I'm about to press this. Cause see, drunk in the flesh, I woke up saying I don't know what I did and I got in trouble. But drunk in the spirit, God gave me visions and revelations. Not only did I know what was he was speaking, he gave me and showed me my future when I was drunk in the spirit. See, this world is nothing but a cheap substitute trying to take us away from the real thing. But when you ever drink from the water that God gives you, you don't settle for cheap substitutes anymore because he satisfies. I got eight minutes, I'm gonna press this. Verse 15, she says, the woman said to him, I'm, I'm doing his words, no man has spoke like this. Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst, nor come here to draw. She asked, he offered, now it's up him to deliver. Listen to me, this is what I wanna preach. The problem is not her, the problem is him. I just got somebody's attention. What's wrong with Jesus? Because she didn't have just two barriers. She had many more barriers. And if he's God enough to offer it, then he's gotta be God enough to give it. And if he can offer it and can't give it, then he's not God. But if he can offer it, give it, perfect it, and fill it, then he's God. Amen. She says, I, 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 come on now, what? He's okay, okay let, let, me, let me show you what I mean by this. She, he said, go get your husband. Yeah, you're greater than Jacob. I don't have a husband. You're right, you got five. And the man that you were with last night, he's not your husband. Can you imagine that conversation? <laughs> Jesus would put Dr. Phil out of business. Sorry, Jerry Springer. Put Tony in front of him. Tony, you know you stole Charles's goat yesterday. Right there in front of everybody, right? Can you imagine the conversation? She's, this is greater than Jacob. Even though she was a moral pariah to her own people, she is now having a conversation with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. The God that spoke this universe in existence is now in her midst telling her, I am he, not yet, but he will. He says, I am he, I can give it to you, I can offer it, I can remove the obstacles, and I'm God enough to fulfill every promise that I have. And by the way, I'm not here to condemn you, but to help you face this life and every problem you have.
to remove every obstacle and layer, I know they won't talk to you. I know you don't understand who's your husband, but let me tell you, let me tell you what I can do. No man has ever spoke like this. We are different. Our words we use are ammunition, but the words of our Savior, they're meant to heal, to bring healing salve and healing ointment, as the scripture says. These words speak to a woman who knows about brokenness, desperation, and unfulfillment. But his words are now speaking to her, letting her know, not only does he love me, but he's not using his knowledge and love to take from me, but he's using his knowledge and love not to blackmail me for me to return favor, but he's using his knowledge and love to invite me. I don't understand it all yet. I don't have it all worked out yet. Only thing I know is what the guard said. Something he's saying has captivated me. And I'm ready to go back to these same men and tell them something different. How was it the day you went back to your old people and you told them, I can't hang with you anymore? And they didn't understand until a month later when they saw the difference in your life. Last four minutes, I want to show you something. First of all, he says this. She says to him something about worshiping. He says to her, it doesn't matter. Real quickly. She was said, my father said we've got to worship in Geshem. Somebody else says Mount Ebal. He says, don't matter. Because when you drink of this water, it's no longer about symbols and rituals and buildings. Because see, these buildings can keep people out. The American church kept people out. We forget when we were the outcast. We always see it racial, but we forget when the Pentecostals were the outcast. Pastor Godwin and Pastor Smith preached in places that I don't have to preach in because when they came along, they sent them to the opposite side of the track. See, we forgot about that. Are you listening? He lets her know, sweetie, I'm not talking about buildings and I'm not talking about symbols and I'm not talking about rituals. Because when I fill you with this water, the temple is no longer the temple. You become the temple. But I got five husbands and I was living with a man. I'll work all that out. But you are now present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to the Lord, which is your reasonable service. You become the temple of the Holy Ghost. He was letting her know you don't have to go back like you were. My words are telling you something different. I'm going to take you for a lady with a bad reputation and I'm going to make you the temple where the Holy Ghost can dwell. How? Because he's God. Bring the drug addict. Bring the bad reputation. Bring the person living in an affair. Don't judge them to hell on Facebook. Just bring them to the church. Let God work it out. Let God work it out. He'll have a private conversation that will remove all your biasness. Because if we peel back our own layers, sometimes we have rebuked people that we've allowed our family to do. Secondly, she says, your knowledge is incomplete because you've got a little bit of truth and a lot of something else. Are you listening? This incompleteness there, this incompleteness was holding her back, but yet when the truth was personified in front of her eyes, she was completely set free. Can somebody say amen? amen. Not only was she set free, she was set free from the boundary of geography, the boundary of temples and rituals, 
And now the boundary of untruth because the truth is set before her, allowing her to walk in a newness of life that she would never know until the moment she began to drink of that living water. Nobody has ever spoke like this. And what happens? Let me tell you what happens. Three things flow from that. She becomes an evangelist. Most denominations wouldn't even credential her. She got quiet. I didn't say nothing. I just said most denominations wouldn't credential her. But the Lord makes her an evangelist. And she goes back and she says, I think I met him. In fact, I know I did. He told me everything about my life. Not only is she making evangelists, many are saved, many are still being saved. If somebody is saved this morning, I preach her story. Secondly then, not only does she become an evangelist, she becomes a teacher to the disciples. They don't understand. Master, you sent us away to buy food. Eat of this. I'm good. What do you mean, Master? You sent us away. Well, I had to send you away. Master, what do you mean? He says, I eat of food that you know not of. He was saying to them that the obedience to the Father gives them food because when you walk in obedience, there's nothing else in the world that can satisfy a thirsty soul like obeying the call of Almighty God. Would you stand with me all over the house, please? That deep satisfaction. And then thirdly from that, as you see, I'm hurrying. Her and the disciples, it seems, now become partners in ministry because somebody's got to baptize these people. How many grannies have started Church of Gods? How many women with bad reputations got saved and began to invite people? Pastor Hager and Pastor Nolan got a lot of praise and pats on the back that we didn't deserve. I said that, and I believe he would agree with me. Because of our position, and I understand that, they give Pastor Appreciation Day. Nobody gives Appreciation day to the lady that had five husbands and was living with a man, but won 40 people to the church. Nobody applauds her, but in heaven, somebody's taking notice. Don't tell me God can't do it because no man's ever spoke like this man. She's heard all the words of men. Oh, but this man had a little conversation sitting on a well talking about a drink of water. Father, I have preached your word so much that now I'm physically tired. My flesh is tired. I don't know if it's from the anointing or the burden, and for that, I apologize. I should be closer to you where I can discern that. But for whatever reason, my body is tired. You have said something using this clay to somebody who's sitting or about to walk to a well who is thirsty, thirsty. Let them drink. Let them drink to their satisfy. My Holy Ghost. Just lift your hands for a moment. Can we reverence the Lord? Can we reverence the Lord? Hallelujah.
thank you for saving me. Why don't somebody thank God for that private conversation? Oh, yes. We were just like this lady. Can I have some saints just give God praise, not for show, but just glad that you've been saved. And you remember that well-side experience. Oh, thank you for saving me. Wow, 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 wow. Come on, somebody, 30 more seconds. Thank you for saving me. Hallelujah. Glory, 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 glory. Every head bowed and every eye closed while you're worshiping. You say, Pastor, I don't know him. I, I just, I need a conversation with him. Nobody's judging you. It may just be something a need you have. But if you're in this house, are you ready to have a conversation with a man that nobody else can talk like? Step out right now by faith. Right now. I'm not looking. I'm going to pause just for a moment. Step out by faith. Step out by faith. Step out by faith. By faith. By faith. By faith. By faith. By faith. Come have a conversation. Holy, holy, holy. Let me tell you about a man. Let me, Anthony, would you help me right here? Let me tell you about a man. I need, I need some ladies to help me. Right? I got two young ladies right here. There's others that should be here. Trust me, guys. Tony, help me. Russ, right here. God, I feel the Holy Ghost. Come on, Brother Winchester. God's in the house. Oh, yes, he is. Let me tell you about a man who knows, nay, he knows all things. Nobody, Lacey, has ever spoke like him. Aren't you glad that he wasn't ashamed of you and came to you? Amen. Amen. Come on, somebody, let's give God praise in this house. Let's give him a song.